The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. In today's sermon, we continue in our spiritual warfare series examining our trinity of enemies. The devil, the world, and the flesh are all against us. In a previous sermon, we looked at the devil and how he opposes us. And last time, we began to look at the world and the problems we have from the world system that is ungodly and opposed to everything that we stand for as children of God. Join us today as we continue looking at this second of our trinity of enemies, the world, and we see how it opposes us and how we can resist it. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
persecute you. And he said, and over in 1 Peter 4, look, look with me right quick over there. I don't, I don't want to belabor this too much, but I think we need to see this. 1 Peter chapter 4. Again, I was talking to somebody not too long ago who couldn't believe that all this trouble was happening. This one thing after another, and they just, why, why, why? Well, he says in verse 12 of 1 Peter 4, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Listen, beloved, don't be surprised when you wake up and go to work and you have problems because you're going into the world to work and you're going to have problems in the world. And you've got to go. I'm not saying don't go to work. You can't hole up in the bedroom and just stay there all of your life. You've got to get out there in the world. The Lord expects us to be in the world, but he doesn't expect us to be of the world. Beloved, think it not strange. Don't be shocked. Don't let it overthrow your faith when you, when you see the troubles of life. I've had earth-shaking events in my life. I've had things occur in my life that it felt like the axis of the earth shifted. And I know you've had the same. But listen, the mountains may flee away. We may wake up one morning and everything's gone, but the Lord will stand, you see. That's why we don't put our trust in the things of this world. We don't put our trust in the relationships of this world. I've had friends and loved ones I thought would never not be my friends. And I don't have any contact with them today. I have loved ones I was close to that I've lost. They're gone from this world. Don't let that shake us. He said, don't think it's strange, but rejoice. <laughs> Wait a minute. Be happy. Enjoy, enjoy the tribulation. That's not what he said. He didn't say enjoy it. He said rejoice. Here's why you can rejoice. Inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's suffering. You see, he went on back in chapter 15. We didn't read it back in chapter 15 of John, but you can read it yourself. He said, the servant's not greater than his Lord. The servant's not, you know, the, the master is greater and they persecuted him. Why are we surprised that we get persecuted? Why are we surprised that we have tribulations of the world? He told us there would be, and even if he hadn't told us, look at what he went through. He's our master and Lord. We think we're better than him? No way. The servant's not greater than his Lord. He said rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings. You know, I don't want to be martyred. I really don't. I'm a baby when it comes to pain. <laughs> I don't want to be burned at the stake. But I pray that if I ever have to do that, if I ever have to lay down my life for the cause of Christ, I can rejoice knowing that I'm partaking of Christ's suffering. I'm being martyred. I'm being persecuted just like Christ was. And I'm not even anywhere close to as good as he was. And yet I'm worthy you know, the, the apostles, when they were beaten and threatened and locked up, said they just rejoiced to be counted worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. You're partakers of Christ's suffering. So is that all it is? No. Here's, here's, the, here's the great hope. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. I'm not going to turn there tonight, but... Sometimes when I'm struggling in life, I go back to the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And I begin to read about how those Corinthians had forgotten about the resurrection or they had lost hope in the resurrection. And Paul said, that's where your only hope is. Our only hope is in the resurrection. All the troubles of life will be instantly fixed in the moment of resurrection. Isn't that something to think about? 
I like those kinds of endings to stories. I like those kind of endings to, to novels where things get set right in the end. Things are going to be set right in the end, child of God. Even though we are, let's, don't be surprised that we're being, we're being persecuted. We're struggling in this world. The world's not our friend. The world is against us. But let's rejoice because we're suffering like Christ. And one day Christ is going to be revealed in his glory and will set all this right. The persecutions of this world afflict us. The philosophies of this world would overthrow our faith. Colossians 2 and verse 8, he says, beware, beware. He's telling us we better be on the guard here. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. There's a lot of movements out in the world today. A lot of movements that sound good. They put forth great sweeping statements of things that do in general are good things. I'm telling you, racism is a bad thing. Racism, race, there, no child of God should ever be racist in any way. We're made of one, he is made of one blood, every kindred and nation and tongue and tribe on this earth. But there are movements out there that focus upon that along with other things like, like transgender rights and and homosexual rights. And I, now listen, let me, let me say this. There is never a place for you or I as children of God to be mean-spirited or ugly to anybody. We're to deal with every single person we meet out there, including those that are in a lifestyle we disagree with, with charity and love. But that does not mean acceptance. That does not mean, uh, you know, being, being charitable towards some to, someone does not mean you're promoting what they're doing, you see. We shouldn't do that. There's philosophies in the world that sound interesting. You know, I took a philosophy course, a couple of philosophy courses actually back when I was in college. I almost majored in philosophy. thought it was so interesting, so amazing, you know, to, to hear about the different philosophies of the world. But the problem is this. If the philosophies are apart from the teaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you don't need to worry about them. You don't need to dabble in them. He said, don't let philosophy and vain deceit after the, the tradition of men and the rudiments of this world pull you away from Christ. And it'll do that. It'll do that. You know, evolution's taught. All these other things are being taught out there. It will pull you away, child of God. That's the first thing the devil did. You remember when we talked about him? His, his design is death. He's out for your death, but his method is deceit. Eve did not think that the devil wanted to slay her when he met her in the garden as a serpent. She had no idea. She was beguiled, we're told. She was deceived. He was subtle. He was good at what he does. And he just began to question. He said, yea, hath God said. Began to question what God said. Then began to contradict what God said. And the next thing you know, they had fallen from that state of innocency. And the world itself was cast under the curse of sin. 
Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Now, we jumped into the middle of something here, so let's back up about two verses and show how that we can avoid being spoiled by this philosophy and vain deceit. As ye have therefore, verse 6, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. You know, it's important to walk in the ways of Christ. You know, we're, we're living in a touchy-feely society, an emotional society, aren't we? Do what your heart desires. If you don't feel like it, don't do it. If it feels good, do it. Just do what you feel like doing. That's, not, that's contrary to the teachings of the Scripture. In fact, over in Proverbs 16 and verse 3, we're told to commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. The world says, well, get your head right, get your heart right, and then you can do the right thing. No, he said, do the right thing anyway. Do what he says no matter what. Don't, don't back down from walking in the ways of Christ, walking in the ways of Jesus, walking in the ways of God. Do that, and eventually your thoughts and your mind will come around. You may not ever come around perfectly, but it'll be better than it would be if you didn't, you see. So he says, walk in him, and look at verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Remember what we said about the faith being the way that we can resist the devil? That he said, resist him in the faith. We need to be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. This statement here, Tells us we need to be in church. We need to be hearing the preaching of the word from one of God's ministers. But it also tells us that we don't just listen to it on Sunday and then forget about it on Monday. He says, abounding therein. How do you abound? And You know, when I preach to you on Sunday morning or Sunday night, that's just a 45 minute to an hour window when I can have your attention and teach you some things from the word of God. If you're going to abound in what I've taught. This is, this is, a, this is your homework. I'll, I'll give this as your homework. Take these verses, take this topic that I've preached to you and go study it on your own. Study it out. Take some of these verses that I've preached to you. Go home. If you know, you say, well, I just don't know where to start. Well, start with a sermon on Sunday morning. Start with a sermon you heard on Sunday night or Wednesday night and go home and study it out on your own. You see, that way you will abound. In fact, he tells us we, we're not to be conformed to this world, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You know, the biggest problem God's children have is, all, is their minds. <laughs> our minds get distracted. Our minds get pulled away. Our minds get confused. The clarity of the Word of God will amaze you. The clarity of the Word of God. I have been in places in my life where I've been confused, where I've been struggling, where I've been just... All it seems like out of sorts and, and just almost seeming to be overwhelmed by the things of life. I can open the Word of God and read two or three chapters or just, you know, a, a few verses sometimes. And the clarity of the Word of God amazes me. It astounds me every time. It cuts to the heart of the matter. Tonight I came over here about 4 o'clock because I wanted to get over here where it was quiet. I just wanted to take some time. I wasn't sure if I was going to preach on this or not. I had some other thoughts on my mind. I just started reading in Isaiah. And man, I almost preached out of Isaiah tonight, Brother Glendon. I, I just, it was amazing some of the things I read in Isaiah. And, and Isaiah, and I don't understand them all. You say, well, that's hard to understand. Well, it is hard sometimes to understand it. But if you'll stay with it, the Lord will help you understand it. And if you don't understand it after you've read it several times, ask the preacher. <laughs> He'll help you understand it. Or ask someone else.
You're not an island unto yourself. You're not, you're not the Lone Ranger. You know, the Lone Ranger could do it all. We're not the Lone Ranger. God established His church. He established His body, His public worship in the way that He did so that we would be a body. His kingdom is a body that we help one another. There's many distractions in this world. There's many distractions. You remember over in Matthew, the 13th chapter, all these kingdom parables that are taught here in Matthew. The parable of the sower and the seed is the first one. He said, you know, a sower went out to sow and he sowed some by the wayside, some in stony places. But notice, some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them, okay? And we don't have to wonder what he's talking about there. He tells us exactly what it is. You know, the people I believe that were in the thorny ground were children of God who probably came up in church and know the Bible pretty well. Probably could quote scriptures. Probably could um, quote substantial amount of scriptures. It's not that they're not established in what the Word of God says. You know, the stony ground Christians probably, you know, may not have been in church too much and certainly hadn't spent a lot of time in the Word of God. But the thorny ground Christians, that, that's... That's where I find myself. I, I was raised in church. There wasn't many Sundays in my life that I missed church. I've been there. My mom and daddy took me. or I, When I became a man, I went myself and took my family. And, but you know where I end up sometimes, Brother Mackey, in the middle of the week? I end up in the thorny ground. I can quote the scriptures. I just forget about them. <laughs> it says, he that receives seed, this is verse 22, he that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. You ever feel like you're drowning? And this basically when you drown, you're choking, you know. You can't get air. You ever feel like you're drowning in this world? Maybe you're distracted by the cares of this world. The world will choke out the word of God. The world will choke you, child of God. He will bring you down if he can. See, there's destruction in this world. You, if you don't believe me, ask the prodigal son when we get to heaven. Ask the prodigal son. The prodigal son thought he was going to find happiness. He thought he was going to find fulfillment. And that's what the world teaches, isn't it? Come on out here. It'll be a whole lot better. Forget about what your parents said. Your parents are old-fashioned they got old-fashioned ways and old-fashioned ways of thinking. and You know, um, I was blessed uh, to have one of the best fathers that there ever been. Still got one of the best mothers that there's ever been. And, um, and I always respected them and always, always believed that they had my best interests in heart. But there were times when I thought, they just really don't get it. You ever been there? I'm not asking for a show of hands, okay? <laughs> you ever been there, though? I just don't get it. It's amazing how much wiser my parents became after I got up in my 20s and early 30s. <laughs> and, you know, the, the sad thing was it wasn't them that got smarter. It was me. It wasn't them that got wiser. It was me that wised up. See, the prodigal son thought, I, I'm tired of my old man, <laughs> 
he's, there's too many restrictions here at home. I just want what's coming to me. I want to take my stuff. I want to get out in the world. I know he's dragging me to church. He's dragging me to the temple. He's dragging me to the public worship. He's, I, I want to find myself. Isn't that the thing? You've got to find yourself today, right? That's what the world says. You've got to get out in the world and find yourself. <laughs> well, I found myself. I didn't like what I found. Prodigal son found himself. He sure didn't like what he found. He found himself in the pig pen of life. It was a party for a while. It was, it was fun and games for a while. There's pleasure in sin for a season, we're told. But you know what happens at the end of the party, child of God? At the end of the party, and the party always ends, there's always a famine. When the famine came, he had nothing. He had nothing except his memories of how good it was in his father's house. Child of God, I want to tell you, the world will distract you. It will pull you away. It will tell you the party's going on, and you need to be out there in the party, and you need to forget about the, ch the church of the living God. You need to forget about the kingdom of God. You need to forget about the word of God. Don't buy into those old-fashioned ways of thinking. That was good for then, but we're enlightened today. <laughs> Come on and party with us. But I want to tell you, beloved, the party will end and the famine will come. And you'll find yourself in the pig pen of life. And I'm not telling you this because I'm mad or upset or angry at you or anyone else out there. I mean, you're here. I'm not even really preaching to you particularly. But if the prodigal son were sitting here today, I wouldn't be going to him and saying, you idiot, look what you did to yourself. I mean, that's tempting, isn't it? It's tempting, but see, the problem with that is when I take that approach, I've forgotten that there's been times when I have come very, very close to the pig pen, if not gotten in it. But here's the good news, child of God. The world can be resisted. And here's how the world can be resisted. Just in the same way the prodigal son remembered the riches of the kingdom of God. You know, I hear politicians sometimes say this when they're running against an incumbent. I remember Ronald Reagan asked this question famously when he was running against Jimmy Carter back in 1980. He said, ask yourself this question. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? And if you're, if you're not, then you need to vote for me. Well, when you find yourself in the pig pen of life, when you find yourself struggling, ask yourself this question. Are you better off to just let the kingdom go and just wallow in the pig pen? Or were you better off when you were in your father's house? You know, I've been there. I've been there where I've, I've drifted away. The thorns have choked and pulled me away. You know, I think I told you all this. I read last year, 2021, I set out from the beginning of the year. I took up one of those reading plans and I read through the Bible. I hadn't done that in years. I've done it in years past, but I hadn't done that in years. I had a good year. <laughs> 
as rough as things were, as tough as some issues were that I had to deal with and that were afflicted me, persecutions in my life, I ended up, I can look back on 21 and say, you know, spiritually speaking, it was a pretty good year. And in 22, about three months into it, I thought I might do it again, but I didn't. I said, I'll just, I'll make sure I read. I'll make sure, I, well, you know how that goes. <laughs> I'd read a little here and I'd read a little there, but I'd go for several days sometimes. Even now Listen, this is your preacher confessing, okay? Don't fire me over this. I'm just being honest. <laughs> There's times even your preacher doesn't read every day. And I realized I was not being diligent to stay in the Word of God. You know, I couldn't figure out in about February and March why I was struggling so, why I was having so many problems in life, why things weren't going the way I thought they were. But, even, but then I look back, and in 2021, they weren't going the way I thought they ought to go. And yet I handled it better. You know why? Because I was in the Word of God. I remembered my Father's house. And I still ain't got it right. But I'm telling you, child of God, when you find yourself walking around in the pig pen of the world, remember your father's house. Remember the church of God. Remember, remember the word of God. Remember the fellowship you can have with him. You can have fellowship with him right now. There's nothing blocking your fellowship right now. All you got to do tonight when you get home is fall down on your knees or sit there in your chair. You don't have to get into the posture of prayer as long as you get into the spirit of prayer and say, God, I need to talk to you. You know, many times... We don't, we think that praying is standing up in the church and, oh, you know, repeating things that, you know, rituals and, 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 and repetitious things. It's okay to have a ritual you go through or a repetition that you follow when you pray, but I'm telling you, beloved, it's just talking to God. It's just talking to God. He loves that. You know how I know he loves it? When the prodigal son came to himself and remembered the riches of his father's house. He said, I'm just going to get up and go back. I'm going to get up and go back, and I don't deserve to even be a part of the house, household anymore. I don't deserve to be part of the family. I just want to be a servant. Before he got back to the father's house, the father ran to meet him. He ran to meet him. I love that. Prodigal son had a speech all prepared. The father just short-circuited it. He said, come on in, brother. Come on in, my son. This, my son, was dead and is alive again. He is here. He is back. Let me tell you, that's the way the kingdom of God is. That's the way the word of God is. That's the way the fellowship with God is. I know it's there because I read about it in the word of God, and I've also experienced it in my life. The world is your enemy. Don't go to the world for peace because you will not find it. Seek unto the Lord. The Lord is there. And he loves you with an everlasting love that will never, never end. And he will be there for you when you need him. I appreciate your kind attention tonight. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. 
If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.